My Seven Chakras, episode 45. Many know that the drop is in the ocean. Few know that the ocean is in the drop. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. So what's going on, action takers? AJ here. And thank you for pressing the play button. We are back with another new episode, another inspirational guest and a really powerful topic. That's right. I am stoked to bring you our featured guest today, Craig Polfus. So Craig, are you ready to inspire? Absolutely. Awesome. What if the most highly evolved part of the brain is mostly asleep and it could be awakened physiologically. So Craig Polfers will explain how a revolutionary program has been changing lives by changing brains and how you can become certified. So Craig, I've given our listeners a short intro. So take about a minute and tell us a bit more about yourself. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I'm a psychologist, a holistic psychologist, um, and I've been so for over three decades. I have an online counseling and coaching practice. And, uh, in my introduction, I'll tell you a little bit about my history. I've been a leader in a breakthrough psycho-spiritual understanding that spread all over the world, and I was not looking for something new to do. But uh, along came Higher Brain Living, which really brought in the brain side of the equation in a way that I had never seen before, and I was so impacted by it that um, I ended up getting trained and certified and actually was asked to join a leadership team, and I work with the founder, doc, Dr. Michael Cotton. So my role in that higher brain living movement is director of professional outreach and education. And in addition to that, I I am published in professional journals on leadership and high performance based on the psycho-spiritual understanding I was in before and I still am, but now I've added higher brain living. Well, thanks a lot for that introduction. And before we dive into today's powerful episode, you get to light the spark in our listener's mind by sharing an inspirational quote. So, Craig, what is your favorite inspirational quote? And give us one example of how you apply this quote to your everyday life. Well, this is a great a, a great question, and I reflect on this, and it's a very short and powerful one that always comes to mind for me. I have many incredible, wonderful quotes that I love, but this one has always just really spoken to me. It's from Rumi. He says, many know that the drop is in the ocean. Few know that the ocean is in the drop. And what that means to me, and I'm so fortunate to um, have this be a living realization for me, that in this ocean of existence, you know, there's one perspective where, and it's a correct perspective in a sense that we are a drop in this infinite ocean, really as individual beings. However, we are that ocean as well and that that ocean is inside of us and we can feel it and we can feel feel a pull towards it and we feel that in our heart, in our soul. I understand that the listeners to this program are very attracted to 
awakening to that dimension and being a part of helping themselves and others reach their full potential and their full health. And, um, and that's that universal evolutionary impulse in the heart of every human being. And it's, it is that ocean crying to awaken itself to us within us. Well, thanks a lot for sharing. I think it's a really powerful and empowering quote. Many know that the drop is in the ocean and few know that the ocean is in the drop. And it's profound, I feel, because as we are moving towards our destiny or trying to find what our purpose is in life, we might feel a bit powerless in terms of all the things that are out there, people who have experienced a lot of success and we feel insignificant sometimes, but know that the entire universe, the power of the universe is within you. And as a single person as well, you can definitely achieve miracles. You just need to take one step at a time because a few drops lead to a puddle, which soon will form the entire ocean. So thanks a lot for sharing, Craig. And with that, let's dive right into our show. So what is higher brain living? If you could tell us. <laughs> well, in a nutshell, it's a groundbreaking methodology embedded in an integral or holistic program that understands at a new level how the brain works and therefore affects all human experience, of course, all human consciousness, and recognizes that the most highly complex, highly evolved, most powerful part of the brain is mostly asleep. And many things have been evolved throughout history to help awaken that, and many help to a certain degree. But this, uh, Dr. Cotton spent 30 years researching and found a physiological way to get the energy as it was designed to go to that part of the brain and to awaken it and, in a sense, complete the circuit so that we not only can be sustained that, be sustained in that, but have that continue to expand as it's meant to. Because if the ocean is infinite, there's greater and greater expansion into what that means. So there are tiers in the higher brain living program, starting with just awakening that higher brain and experiencing that. The next tier has to do with applying it in the four co-occurring dimensions of human experience. These co-occurring, in our program, these co-occurring dimensions are mind and by mind we mean the internal dimension mental emotional spiritual inner experience body of course co-occurs we're all alive and we have the inner experience going on and we have our physical body the third is relationships and the fourth is the environment we're in and that's where we address things like work and and finances and things like that and if we are attempting to awaken and evolve and make each of those dimensions more healthy and whole and successful, we need to consider all four simultaneously because if we don't, one or more can sabotage the others. I'll give you a quick example and then let you respond, Aditya. The primary, for the research, the primary indicator for lower back pain in females, which is a body dimension, right? So you can go get physical help to heal that is relationship stress or difficulty, which is another dimension. So you can go get good body dimension services, but if you're not addressing the relationship part, it'll be more just like a Band-Aid, and, and that part will sabotage full healing. Similarly with men, the, the number one indicator for lower back pain in men is not physical. It's uh, work or, or financial stress. So that dimension has to be addressed. 
then oh, and then I'll continue. Then the, the next tier beyond that has to do with connecting the awakened higher brain to the intelligence in the heart or soul, however you might describe it, so that we're awakening to what we call our, our authentic self and we're able to live on purpose fearlessly in that as we move ahead in those other dimensions in the manifest world. And then the highest tier has to do with awakening not just to the authentic self, but to that ocean, you know, that power that is transcendent, that is unborn, undying, and always present, and from which we're very given our very consciousness, our very life, um, our very ability to think and create, um, and to awaken to all that in kind of a sequential process, although people awaken into that right off the bat, so, some people do, and they're very exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks a lot for sharing that. It's so exciting and interesting to note that the most powerful part of our brain is mostly asleep. So listeners, what if you had a method, a method to awaken that part of the brain and tap into its true power? And what I also felt interesting, uh, Craig, from what you shared is a problem, a physical problem, maybe in the back or the lower back might mean a lack of growth or something that's hampering you in other dimensions as well. Maybe for uh, men, it might be financial. Maybe it might be relationships in, in the case of females, as you, as you mentioned. But know that a problem in one dimension might be interrelated uh, with something that you are facing in another dimension as well. So my question to you is, and from what I've read on your website, uh, according to research, we are currently using a very small portion of our prefrontal cortex. What are some of the everyday habits or you know, rituals or practices as modern day homo sapiens that are consistently keeping us from utilizing our higher brains? Well, yeah, let me make uh, one clarification there. Sometimes we unintentionally, uh, we meaning people in general, say we're only using a small portion of our brain. That's not correct. What we say is we use a small portion of the potential of our brain. So we are using the prefrontal cortex, but when um, brain researchers a couple decades ago had instrumentation sophisticated enough to measure it, they found such so little activity in it that they, they called it the silent area of the brain and they were stumped. Like, why is this silent? And let me give a little more overview because it will explain things. So this area, the prefrontal cortex of the brain and what we call the higher brain is the part of the brain made for change. And it's the part of the brain made for envisioning possibilities and making them come true. And it's the part of the brain capable of being conscious of and experiencing the spiritual dimension and the source and, and healthy psychological functioning and well-being and all those high-end experiences, the top ability to think critically and logically. Okay, so our brain developed evolutionarily in layers. So the first layer that we call the lower brain it makes sense, was all about physical survival. You know, we awaken in this physical world and it's full of predators. So it's mm-hmm. extremely wise. you got to stay alive before you can awaken to anything more. So that part of the brain is only aware of and only cares about physical survival. So thank you. You know, we've got that. If that hadn't succeeded, we wouldn't be here. But True. it's not capable of the other five layers that um, some believe the brain has, um, which includes emotional experience and connection and relational, and then finally the the higher brain with the high-end functioning. So when the lower brain, which is operating 
95% below the conscious threshold. And every bit of sensual information in every moment first is filtered through the lower brain because it's filtering, is this safe? Is it safe right now? Mm-hmm. It, when it sees, oh, you're still alive physically, it goes, success. Do that again and don't change anything. So its logic is sameness equals safety. So there we've got this very powerful survival-oriented part of our brain, super dedicated to keeping us alive and over overworked because it cannot see beyond that. So as soon as we start to uh, activate the other parts of our brain and move out of that safety loop and into new unknown territory, it goes, don't. And that's why we get so scared when we try new things or get up to give a speech or, you know, it's like, or listen to someone talking about what I'm talking about and get super skeptical. Now, there shouldn't be, skepticism is fine. We need our lower brain. But when the lower brain stops us from changing and healing and growing, that's when it's too much. And that's the case of most of modern society. It's overworked. It's hijacking the energy, the blood flow, the oxygen, and the metabolism from the mm-hmm. higher brain and there's where that feeling underlying feeling of stress which is you know for a great percentage of diseases shown to be the underlying if not cause at least fosters a disease state when you can clear that out of the system so it can run in that flow state that feels so good and works so well then you're on your way you know you're on on your way so Anything that gets us consistently operating out of stress and fear is creating huge wear and tear on the system. And it's what I like about this understanding is, in a way, it says, look, it's not your fault. <laughs> you know, you are, mm-hmm. see, that, that primal human wound that we're all not good enough. You know, at the beginning, you t- talked about how, You know, there are those who seem to be successful and they've overcome things. Yes, but that's the human journey for every person. We all got confronted with you're not good enough. And then what did we do to deal with that? You're not lovable enough. You're not capable. You're not worthy. Well, that's the universal human wound that the lower brain uses. It believes it and it uses it to get us not to change. When we can see beyond that, Even if the lower brain keeps doing what it's doing, we now have perspective and go, oh, and instead of seeing it as a flaw or an enemy, we can see it as, oh, my well-intentioned, super-powerful servant that I need to keep in line. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, And look to and listen for those higher understandings that that's part of what I was teaching and still do, but prior to higher brain living. And then now to add the higher brain living physiological technique which works with the energy meridians of the body through a gentle touch system it literally releases that latent energy and and innately healthy energy ki chi prana there's uh kundalini there's many names given it to it throughout history to allow it to go through the system as it was designed it goes through the lower brain brain dr cotton coded it so it goes through the lower brain releases the its grip allows it to go to the, which which as it releases its grip, you feel this amazing dissipation of stress. As it goes to the higher brain, you feel this, you feel like you're waking up inside yourself just to you. And it feels like coming home, so to speak. And, And then that process is then, that channel and process is reinforced. So new neural pathways are created. 
created and then associated with the things you want to change in those four dimensions that I mentioned when you get into tier two. Like, okay, now that I'm more awake, it's very easy to see where you're blocked or have hot spots in each of those four dimensions. And through a client guidebook, you create a plan to clear each of those areas up and then eventually connect to that authentic self that I talked about. So you're living on purpose from your heart, from your awakened higher brain as you're moving forward in all those four dimensions of life. Mm -hmm. So listeners, a small clarification. It's not that we're using a small portion of our brain, but it's a small portion of the potential of our brain. And as you mentioned, Craig, the low brain is responsible for physical survival and it's not capable of the other things. Its principle is sameness equals safety. It's protecting you. It's creating stress, creating fear and protecting you from that metaphorical saber-toothed tiger. Uh, it's doing its job, but there is no growth. But when we tap into the higher brain, we are able to envision possibilities get that spiritual growth and we're able to tap into the power giving us that fresh new perspective of the different roles that different parts of our brain can accomplish so thanks a lot for bringing that into perspective sure now i watched uh, one of the higher brain living video demos and right after the practitioner touches certain meridian points or energy centers there is sort of like a wild or a wave-like response in the client's body and then the client reports feeling awesome so what happens physiologically and mentally if you could elaborate on that a bit during that session Sure. You know, when I first heard this, and most of your listeners are probably hearing this for the first time, and to me, I mean, it's a lot of logical sense. And, you know, so that's good. But then when I saw that demonstration, <laughs> it, it, something struck me that it was like, because I've, I've meditated for over 40 years, and I, I really think something to do with that experience plus my own growth in the area I was teaching prior to higher brain living just organically, instinctually, viscerally said, this is real, there's something to this, and I need to look at this. And there, so to answer your question, there are two primary things that happen and that we look for as facilitators. The first sign that the higher brain is actually getting energized, that the, you know, the life force in the body is, and the energy is going through the lower brain, being released into the higher brain, is what we call a salutogenic breath. Salute, salute means well-being, and genetic or genesis is the origin of well-being. The person starts to experience these deep breaths coming into them that they're not intentionally taking. And then that's a sign that the higher brain has awakened and it's going, I like this energy, this is good, I want more. And it sends a message to that part of our system that, that creates more energy and we get these, start to get these big, deep breaths. And maybe at first they start smaller and then they get bigger and bigger as the session and sessions go on. But these breaths feel amazing. And with each breath, you can feel stress dissipating and that feeling of awakening I talked about increasing and increasing and increasing. So this wonderful process of this deep breathing just starts to happen to the point where you can even feel like not just your lungs, but your whole body is breathing. Now, as this is happening, I just imagine you might even do it as you're listening. If you're taking some big, deep breaths, your chest is coming up and out, and you, you could even see there's kind of maybe a little arch in your back. And so there's kind of a natural body movement to this rhythmic, deep breathing. Well, 
that's the next step where the body starts to feel like it wants to move the way you saw on, on the videos. It starts to feel like, like it's not the greatest example, but you know when you wake up in the morning and, and you just feel like stretching and you just kind of stretch and it might look odd, but it feels really good and it kind of helps the system move to the next level and wake up and get going. Well, it's similar to that. It's like the body wants to do this. So we tell our clients, don't make your body do that. But we also tell them, because everybody has to see this before they do it, because they have to give us permission to touch them. And we have to, they have to give us permission. They have to know these things might happen. But we also tell them, if you feel that, don't resist it. And at first, some, I know when, with me, the way it started coming up was I started getting the thought, because, you know, at first you can think, geez, that's odd. And, and I thought, I wonder what it'll be like if I feel that. And that, so then it was in my head that way. Then it went to, yeah, I could kind of see if my body moved this way. And all of a sudden, as I was thinking that, it felt like it wanted to. And then I thought, well, okay, I'll, it, I, this feels strange. but I'll, And the more I let it, more of that feeling of stress releasing and awakening happened. So the, bot, the higher brain first energizes the breath to get more energy. And then it dissipates the stress through a wave-like motion through the body. And Dr. Cotton explains that the sine wave, S-I-N-E wave, that the body makes is the most efficient way that the body knows how to dissipate stress. So that, but we're not, you know, people can get into um, how big was your breath? How big was the wave? You know, we, we, we joke and we call it wave envy, you know, and it's like, it's really not about that. So this very morning, I saw a client who she's a very, was a a very well-respected executive in one of the largest healthcare organizations in the world, but she got recruited away because of her work in higher brain living and is now a part of a global consulting firm to and for executives. Well, she came in and she was one of my first clients. I knew her before I was trained in higher brain living, and she hardly shows any breath or movement, but her whole life has changed. She's probably had close to 100 sessions by now, you know, she got promoted in her work. Um, she had physical issues that she talked publicly about, eating disorders that have totally gone away. She um, ended up finding a relationship and getting married. Her relationship with her um, older teen kids was very troublesome, and she was just almost in tears this morning telling me about how those have transformed so much and how much better those relationships are. So all four dimensions get affected and yet she's a perfect example of someone whose higher brain is energized. She's awake more and bringing that intelligence and health into her life. But there's not this big wave envy or this big breath that, that if that happens, that's fantastic. But it's not about that. It's about awakening that most highly evolved part of our brain and connecting it to our heart and our potential and then moving onward and upward. I really liked when you mentioned that it starts with the breath that they're not intentionally taking and then the breath gets deeper and deeper and then slowly the whole body wants to breathe and the body wants to move and the body wants to feel because I think it's been waiting for a long while, right, for this particular moment and you shared that it's important to allow your body to have that natural sine wave and not to resist it and most importantly, like you mentioned, not to compare your wave or the 
progress that you're having through that uh, therapy and not to compare it with others. So let's say a person listening to the show right now has decided to try out a higher brain living session. What are some of the benefits of going in for a session? Now, if you could break the benefits down into immediate uh, short-term benefits and then the more long-term benefits as well. Well, let me first say, to put it in context, although higher brain living has many healing and therapeutic events effects in all four of those dimensions, we do not position it from the company as a healing modality. Now, I as a psychologist or other healing um, practitioners can use it and position it as a healing modality, but it's positioned as a personal transformation program and we're actually starting to use the word enlightenment now because we're doing EEG studies and more and more clients and facilitators are reporting classical enlightenment experiences validated by EEGs. So that's the high-end potential and picture of what higher brain living is. But when you say, well, what's an immediate health or benefit? Um, I would say if you have a session or two, which are most practitioners or facilitators offer a discounted ability to sample two sessions just so you can experience it. That's the value. You experience it. You know that, oh, this is what it feels like when my higher brain starts to awaken and is energized. Oh, and you get an intuitive sense of the direction. Like if you continued with that, kind of where that could go and, and that there's this innate, innate feeling in you that you want to go there. It's like you're made for it organically. I can tell you some benefits that I've seen and have been reported in my clients and the clients of some other facilitators. But we wouldn't say, okay, now come here to get this pathology healed. But, for instance, I mean, one of the favorite stories I tell, because he's one of my first clients, he was a man in his late 50s, he was in about his second or third session, and at the end he sits up and he says, Craig, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. And he says, I didn't tell you this, but six years ago I had uh, surgery for prostate cancer, and ever since then I've had neuropathy from my hips to my feet, and I keep the light on at night because I can't feel my feet. And when I have to get up to go to the bathroom, I don't want to step on anything or trip. And he's, he starts to kind of well up and he says, I can feel my feet. And he gets up like a little kid in his stocking feet and he starts to make these little steps around on the floor, feeling his feet. Well, that went, the, that neuropathy went away into the, that was like at least two and a half, three years ago. And to this day, as far as I know, it's gone. And he had other physical things like that that started to clear up. Now, I can't and won't say, if you have neuropathy, come and, you know, we'll treat you for it because we don't know. We're not at that place yet, and what your system needs to do might be different. I've got clients who have been on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication who went off their medication. I'm happy and proud to say that, and we've got videos of people and everything, you know, testifying to that. On the other hand, I'm not going to tell you, you come, if you're on antidepressants, you'll be off. Because I don't know. It's just that your system starts to do what it needs to do in the dimensions it needs to do it. And we just, there are 22 sessions in the basic program, and there, there's a reason for that. Go through those 22, and you will have experienced enough and awakened enough to know and benefit from what happens in that process. Well, thanks a lot for clarifying that the practice is positioned as a personal transformation program also known as in uh, these days enlightenment your transformation 
might be different from that of others. So what was really interesting, uh, Craig, is that uh, in the case of your first few clients, I think one of the clients, after two to three sessions, he saw the benefits. He could now feel his feet and his neuropathy just went away. So listeners, the best way I feel is to sample a session or two and experience uh, this particular practice yourself. At this point, our guests share one health tip that our listeners can try out immediately. So what is it one tip that you can share with our audience? That would be a health practice. A health tip in general. It could be a practice or it just could be something that you do you know, every day that, you know, for your well-being and, and, and health. Several things come to mind. And just to get down to the essence of it, I guess I'd say like every day I mentioned already I'm a meditator. But that's to practice that meditation every day really sets the tone and, you know, helps me go deeply into that, at least for me, into that inner experience of, of the ocean, uh, metaphorically. And um, then, of course, the wisdom that, and intelligence that comes out of that, I want to take care of every part of my life. So as part of the Higher Brain Living Program, when you get into Tier 2 and address each of those four dimensions, you, in the first 22 steps, you come up with a statement, a change statement that is associated with each of those areas. So it's a very simple statement, the action required and the outcome desired. So that's honed and uh, used in the session and then in, in daily. So I would start the day, you know, waking up, you know, getting awake and bathing and all that, and then doing my meditation. And prior to the meditation, I would energize my higher brain. You are taught in the higher brain living program how to activate what happens on the table on your own at a certain point because your body already is made to have that energy go through it that way. Uh, one of the metaphors we use, it's like, a, you know, a bird that is ready to fly but it never has um, we just wiggle the wings and then it, it awakens to its desire to flap those wings and it starts to do it until it can fly. Well, similarly, we don't, we as facilitators aren't energizing the higher brain. We're just wiggling the wings and the client's own system is energizing the higher brain. So then you take that and apply it in each of those four dimensions. So I, I awaken my higher brain, I sit down and I meditate, and as I awaken it, I'm reviewing each of those four areas. And I've already gotten clear that this is the direction I want to go in each of those that really fits with me as a person. So it's kind of a really a holistic or integral health practice that is tailored to me by me in each of those dimensions. So like a lot of people, you know, in terms of the physical dimension, when I first started, it had to do with, you know, physical health and well-being and strength and losing weight. And I lost 15 pounds to 20, kept it off. Uh, my son lost 20 to 30 pounds he became he says apparently i'm a runner because he just felt his body wanted to get out there and run so he just started running and he quit smoking and drinking and he joked with dr cotton he said i didn't want to quit those i like those but every time i started to do those i my system would just reject it you know so i guess i'm not i'm, I'm going beyond answering your question but uh you can see what each person would do in terms of a health practice Find, find out, see that, that area that you feel held back by, and that's your lower brain. And then before you can access the Higher Brain Living Program, do whatever you can to get oxygen and intelligence and energy into your higher brain. So 
many meditations have been proven to do that. Do your meditation. Or just physical exercise and breathing can start to get the blood flow going. And even on that level, you know it can be useful. Mm-hmm. Now, Ralph Waldo Emerson once said that the greatest glory in living lies not in never falling, but rising every time we fall. And with that, we have reached the challenge round during which our guests share a major challenge or a barrier that they once faced and overcame. So Greg, tell us about a time when you faced a major challenge. What were you feeling at that instance? And then how did you overcome that particular challenge? Well, it takes me way back and I've faced these kind of challenges because that lower brain keeps wanting to protect us. It it gets more and more in line, but every now and then it kicks in and, you know, we'll dig in its heels. But you once, once you get it, the jig is up and, and it can't stop you. But when this first hit me, I would say I was in my early 20s. Um, I was starting to get into the practice of meditation. My mom was an ex- my dad had already passed away. My mom was an extremely devout, still is, devout Christian. And she got all scared that I was getting <laughs> into weird stuff and being brainwashed and stuff. And I wasn't sure myself at that point. I was just, you know, going beyond my, my teaching and my upbringing. There came a point in my own consciousness where I had to say yes to the unknown because I just couldn't stay in the known. I mean, the known is there, but it's not enough. And... It felt. It literally feels like you're going to die, or you could die. That's what the, the lower brain makes it look and feel that way. And we've got to release that energy. And so it fits with that famous saying we've all hear, heard that you have to die to live, or you have to let go to have it. So I, I just made the choice. You know what? Even if my my family and my mother and the whole world looks at me and says you're out to lunch. Um, I knew I had to follow that that heart, that impulse in me. And interestingly enough, about six years later, we, she comes to me, we're in a private setting, and says, you know, Craig, <laughs> of all the people I know who are Christians, and she, was, she would travel the country, speak to Christians. She said, you live as much or more the Christian life than... Those people I know, but she was still perturbed that I wouldn't necessarily call it Jesus. <laughs> and I said, you know, well, in the right setting, I would. But, but I don't know, maybe that gives a little flavor of kind of the first really huge, big one where I thought, you know what, I'm jumping off the cliff here. And thank God, you know, because then you, you disconnect from what was before. And it wasn't bad. I needed to go to that. You know, we're we're. What the best we've known has brought us to this point, which is amazing, and thank you. But then what we know can be the biggest obstacle to move forward. So we have to be able to let go of that and keep opening up. So in retrospect, what is that one major life lesson that you would want our listeners to take away from your story? Go within, know, know thyself, know that source inside you. You are that. You, you are, you're not just a, you are a drop. But you're, that ocean is in you. Know that ocean, and it guides you through your heart. So follow your heart. Act on it. Act on it. Be willing to be willing to metaphorically die to awaken to a new reality, and then keep going. 
Well, thanks a lot for sharing your story with us. I know going back to a moment of challenge, to a place that is unknown, is never an easy task. But you let go, you took action, and you followed your impulse, and you jumped off the cliff and landed safely. And for that, we salute you. Having said that, we are moving on to a round where we learn about finding our true calling. Robert Broad said, "Never ask what reason do I have to be happy." instead ask to what purpose can i attach my happiness so my question to you craig is have you found your calling and if yes what is your calling absolutely well if i were to say it in an inward sense it would be you know there came that point in my 20s then when i had my awakening my inside out experience where i you could say i very consciously awakened to and connected with the god within me and from that point on that all i wanted to do was continue that awakening and experience and in turn help others who were interested in that be an example and and help them not convert people who weren't interested but um reach out to those who who were ready and interested so the form that has taken in my life was first i became a leader in this breakthrough psycho spiritual understanding that has gone all over the world and there's amazing amazing uh, awakenings happening there and then more recently in the last 5 uh, 6 years with hybrid living the catapulting it to even another level so my calling is to first continue to take responsibility for my own awakening let's say because language gets challenging to then be a resource and facilitator in a sense for not only individuals who are called to the same and want to take advantage of the experience and understanding i've come to but to then join together and bring that to the whole of humanity because we're coming to a needed global shift and we have to choose it consciously for it to happen and uh so there are those of us gathering very consciously on that level to say hey my heart isn't just my heart my heart is the heart for all of humanity and saying yes to it so based on what you said during your 20s was there a particular moment in your life beyond which you knew without a doubt that your life was about to change and that you were going to live your uh, calling i got interested i was raised christian of course and i really resonated with the words of christ in particular and the whole idea of the kingdom of god is within you and be still and know i am god and so that really opened me to the idea of meditation and to research and experience some meditations when i was in college and then i heard about a particular teacher his name is premra wat who basically said you know i offer something at the time he was calling it meditation but then he stopped because he said you know most meditations are designed to you practice quieting your mind so that you can have this feeling of peace inside yourself he said what i teach you you don't have to practice and then at a certain point in time have that experience He said I have a way to put you directly in touch with that experience and then your practice is just learn to stay with it. So that really appealed to me because I was loving the meditation I was doing. I was seeing all this growth, but I also felt like I'm getting closer and closer to something that I'm never arriving at, some kind of breakthrough. And I thought, well, if he can help me break through, I'll do it. So I checked it out. He offers it for free and sure enough, the moment i was shown how to connect inside in the way he showed me that was the moment where my whole world turned inside out and 
Now I'm just, you know, and then automatically, when you're in touch with that feeling inside of yourself, your mind will quiet down. So it does, I don't sit and practice a discipline trying to quiet my mind. Everybody knows a quiet mind is extremely important and valuable, but that's such a hard discipline. <laughs> now you just go straight to the heart of it, so to speak, and it's so enjoyable that you let yourself become absorbed in that, and your mind automatically quiets down and you unfold as a result of that. As soon as that happened, the whole way I practiced counseling as a counselor and psychologist shifted, and that led to me, it's so interesting, I don't know what my karma or the synchronicities are here, but I became one of the first maybe 25 to 50 psychologists who heard about this psycho-spiritual understanding um, shortly after that, and I immediately saw it, I got involved with it, and ever since I've been using it, and it's completely different than conventional therapy where you take people in the past and you get them to, you know, program their thinking and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's way beyond that. Um, but it's not hocus-pocus either. So, it, you know, you, you follow that pull inside, and it can look like it could be the end of things, but like you said, you know, you come through it, and then there's all this new, new doors open up on the other side. And... And then, then, and then I never imagined anything more than that, and along comes higher brain living, which is just so obviously like a next step, like a next, like why not empower this ability to awaken and transform the health and well-being and consciousness of all of humanity with this added understanding about the brain and this added methodology. Well, that is an empowering story for sure. Action takers, there might be a time in your life when you are taking action and you are taking a lot of action, but you seem to have hit the metaphorical ceiling and you seem to not be experiencing the growth that you once did in the past uh, because you are at a different level right now. So in such a situation, it's really important to reach out, to seek help, to ask maybe a mentor, a coach or a mastermind because that will help you push beyond thanks a lot for reminding us craig and with that we've reached the final round which is called the wisdom round uh, during which i will ask you a series of questions and you will respond with nuggets of wisdom so that our listeners can obtain those bite-sized dose of wisdom so are you ready yes so what is the best advice that you ever received well i would have to say and fits right with what i was just saying that it's more of a statement than advice, but there is advice attached to it. It's uh, what you are looking for, you already have. And if you don't see it and know it, it's inside yourself in a way that you need to open up to. So go within and is the advice and awaken. Let let who and what you really are and have be revealed. Could you share one personal habit that contributes to your well-being on a daily basis? Yeah, not only the formal practice each day of that knowledge, it's called that meditation, but it, the nature of it is such that it can be, I can be conscious of that in every moment. So just that remembrance, and it's not a mental, it's a consciousness remembrance, but it's not a mental exercise. And then from that, of course, I'm like the higher brain living program, I'm more in alignment with what works in the world of thought, what works in the world of physical body relationships. Um, I'm not perfect. I'm still learning and growing. But the enjoyment of the journey is incredible. And the velocity of learning, I think, is really accelerated as well. So what does the first two hours of your day look like? Could you share your morning ritual with us? 
Sure. I wake up, do kind of stretch, nothing formal like yoga, although I used to do physical yoga and really I'm intending to get back to that because that's really, I really love that and its benefits. Mm-hmm. So in my ideal, I would do some physical yoga, but I, I get up, I stretch, I energize my higher brain, I sit down and practice that meditation and then I get up and go out into my day knowing that I am not just a problem solver, I am not just a person who accomplishes what's on a list, but that life is far more than that. Life is a precious opportunity to experience, you know, I know it can sound weird to some, but something that you can't describe that is so precious and just waking up to it more is just so wonderful. And I love that some people do resonate with this so we can talk because, you know, when I was ready and when I am ready for whatever's to come, there are people there, like you said, that, that are there and it's their joy to lend a helping hand, lend information or resources. And we could, we're all one part of one big love. I just came up with this the other day, and I, I kind of like <laughs> that. You know, you've heard that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It only True. can change form. Yep. Well, what hit me was that love cannot be created or destroyed. It can only change form. That's what this all is. And I know it cannot look like it, and I know it cannot feel like it sometimes. And that's when we're, the lower brain is kicking in and we're bumping into our thought limitations and that take that as an opportunity to learn and grow rather than to curl up in a ball <laughs> and, and hide. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot for sharing. What is that one book that has made a significant impact on your life? Gosh, there's so many, but yeah, there's a book that introduces, let me back up, Dr. Michael Cotton is writing books, a book the first one, it's going to be a two-book series um, that's going to come out sometime later this year in 2016. But I've not read it, but I would recommend people look for that in the future. But of the books I know, there's a small book called The Enlightened Gardener, The Enlightened Gardener by Sidney Banks. It introduces the pr- three principles that um, I was referring to the work I did before Higher Brain Living and, and still do. Those three principles are universal mind, universal consciousness, and universal thought. And it introduces those in a very simple story of this gardener. And uh, I think it's a great, easy way to just get exposed to it. And then if you're touched by that, you can, of course, go online and find resources. Or I'd be thrilled to have you connect with me to learn more about those three principles and also about Higher Brain Living. So listeners know that they can find the links to the resources in the show notes. So Craig, it was phenomenal talking to you today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're really grateful for. Tell us how our listeners can get to know more about Higher Brain Living and read more about you. And then we'll say goodbye. Well, thank you for this opportunity. Um, I hope others are inspired. I'm, I'm inspired just sitting here now feeling what we've experienced together during this time. What am I? Well, okay, I'm grateful for this moment and this time with you. And just because of what I've awakened to, I know this can sound hokey, but it's honest to God true. The most grateful thing I, I'm grateful for right now is this breath that comes into me and the, what it's coming from. Because without that power and without this breath, I could not be here. I could not experience this experience, this unique opportunity that we call human life or human experience. And it's very simple, and we overlook that so much of the time. Oh, I'm just breathing. But really, think about it. As soon as this breath and this breath 
would be jeopardized, we'd get very serious about it. We would want to hang on to it. So I'm so grateful for just this moment of life, this breath, and all, and you and this program and all this opportunity right now to just feel this life and express it. And hopefully this sparks something, this inspires something in, in your listeners that they feel it too and they walk away with uh, more of a smile on their face. Absolutely. Oh, and then my contact information, right? Yeah. So my name is Craig Polfus, although it's spelled Pulsfus. So don't worry if you see the spelling of it's Craig Polfus. Um, my email is Craig, C-R-A-I-G-P, Craig P at higherbrainliving.com. Craig P at higherbrainliving.com. And you can call me directly in the U.S. at 612-730-4843. 612-730-4843. And if you want to find, right now, we've been training Higher Brain Living facilitators for really three to four years, and there's about 300 trained people out there, mostly in the U.S. Through my work, it's starting to spread into Europe a little bit, and maybe South Africa. Go to higherbrainliving.com, and you will see a tab in there to find a facilitator. And if you have a group that you'd like me to speak to online or in person, um, I'd be happy to do that too. And if you're interested in certification information, for sure contact me because I'm able to educate you and enroll you. So there you go, listeners. If you have listened thus far, it means that you're really interested in the content that we spoke about today. So without fail, head on to, in fact, email uh, Craig at Craig P at higherbrainliving.com. You can head on to the website as well and read the articles. Watch the videos because that was really empowering and inspirational when I saw those videos, saw the clients experience uh, such uh, immense uh, transformations. And I could, through my eyes, witness that the stress, any pressure that they were having was just being released through that sine wave and that's really beautiful so Craig thank you so much for inspiring us empowering us with your wisdom and taking us one step closer to a human revolution thank you you were listening to My 7 Chakras go to my s-e-v-e-n chakras.com download your free gift get inspired and take action Transform your life today.